sharing our faith and passion for the Lord Jesus Christ with others is a desire of Zion Christian Fellowship. Our prayer is that this message will have a lasting impact on your life and draw you closer to the Lord Jesus Christ. This message is not copyrighted. You are free to make copies for friends and neighbors. We only ask that you copy it in its entirety without alterations or changes. Now unto the King Eternal, Immortal, Invisible, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Good morning to each one. Greetings in Jesus' name. You know, if you want something to do, an assignment for next week, or two weeks, or three weeks, you can just read the passage that Andrew read, that chapter, 1 Corinthians 13, every day for two or three weeks, and it'll change a lot. (laughs) I did that for not quite that long, maybe a week or a little bit over, I kind of forget how long it was, but yeah, it's amazing um, what things stand out if you read things over and over and over again. (laughs) So I have um, something on my heart that I'd like to share, hopefully. Um, It's an encouragement. Um, Yeah, I was was thinking after I got all, all, all done studying and writing everything out this morning, I was like, you know what, maybe I should... Maybe this is something that um, should be at a different time. Maybe this isn't for an opening meditation. But hopefully we all can be blessed. Um, And, yeah, I guess it's something that's been on my heart and I've been thinking about for a while. And so this is kind of like just an overflow of that. Or It's nice nice to put things down on paper and, um, you know, kind of spell out what what I've been thinking um, and organize my own thoughts, and I guess I just want to share that with you all this morning. So I've been thinking about um, what Mark has said, no, Dale had said, the three things that we need to work on, um, return to the goal, and restore confidence, and renew commitment. So returning to the goal is... I would like to consider this morning, um, or the, I guess where my thoughts stemmed from. The title of my meditation is Considering the Goal. Um, so the statement, return to the goal, so you think of turning somewhere, this is returning. So like, maybe you have turned, maybe we need to return. Um, it, that indicates, returning re- indicates that maybe we've, um, we have slacked off on something or, you know, that we need to go back to something we've lost, something we once had, return from where we have fallen or fallen or from where we've lacked purpose. But in order to return to that, we need to understand what the goal is. What is our goal? What are we working towards? before we can return to it. And what is the path that will get us there to that goal? How do we return to the goal? 
So I have a little um, illustration, I guess, that I'd like to draw some points from, maybe. Um, so about a year ago, a little bit over a year, we were going out to Georgia, me and my wife and Kylan, and as well with, as well as the rest of my family to a family gathering down there. So we were traveling down there. You know, we have a goal in mind. We want to get down there to a specific place. Um, it was a nice resort place we were going to. And we had a goal to get together as a family and see James is there. It's going to be a good time. So while we're traveling, you know, we have a goal in mind. We have our GPS on and it's guiding us to the right place. Um, but sometimes in order to get to the goal, we have to do certain things so that we can make it to the goal. Such as, you know, you need to stop for gas occasionally. That's a really important thing. Um, you could also fast the whole time, but it's nice to, you know, stop and get some food. So those are little detours. You know, you turn off to get food, but that's not your goal. That's maybe just to help with the goal. Um, that's not the actual purpose. So we were traveling along. We actually stopped um, down in Tennessee for Sunday, I think, and then we went, we started traveling the rest of the way to Georgia. And so we were driving along happily, and it was getting dark. So just keep driving. And apparently, um, I didn't have the goal in mind enough because I didn't have my GPS on. So we're driving along, <clears throat> and we noticed some little things that maybe weren't quite right. We're like, oh no, what's this mean? There was um, diff- kind of like different signs on the road and different markings, and then all of a sudden the speed limit dropped. And we are just driving along like on the interstate, and this is different for an interstate. You know, normally there's just one continuous speed limit, you know, maybe drop five miles an hour or something. But this is, keeps going lower and lower, <clears throat> and I think there's rumble strips. And we're like, what in the world? This is very interesting. Um, and all of a sudden we come up to a, a bar across the road. We see it like way up there, you know, there are lights and stuff. And there's a building kind of in the middle of the interstate. And we're like, what in the world? What is this? Couldn't figure it out. And so we're like, okay, this is obviously not our goal because we didn't want to be here where we need to, I don't know, pay toll or pay entrance to this place. So later, we turned around and found our way. We reconsidered, I guess we returned to our goal and put in our GPS. I'm like, oh, this is the way. That was not our goal, that place. And later we found out that was um, Fort Benning, which is a military fort <laughs> where they train military staff. And you can actually go and visit that. You have to get like background check and everything. But um, the interstate, yeah, we didn't, we weren't like, you know, turn, we didn't turn off into this place. We just were going along down the interstate. And all of a sudden, here comes, here we are in this fort, or almost in the fort. And we're like, this is, this is not <laughs> what we were wanting to do. So eventually we got to our goal because we had that in mind from the beginning. <laughs> so that was kind of an interesting um, diversion in our trip. Um, but what if I wouldn't have had the goal in mind? What if I was just, we were just driving and we were like, okay, so we'll s- start out. Maybe we will stop and see Byler's 
and the other people there in Tennessee. And then we'll go on and we'll just keep driving until we come to a place and maybe that's where we should be. And then what if we came to this place, you know, we didn't really turn off, we just kept on going in the interstate, and all of a sudden we come to this sport. And we'd be like, oh, you know what? We don't, I mean, this, maybe, maybe this is where we're at now, so maybe this is where we're supposed to go. Maybe we should just try to see what's here. It's Fort Benning. If we didn't have the purpose in our mind of what we're doing, what, where we're going, we might have just stayed there until we decided to leave. If they would have let us in. So, uh, thinking about our goal as a church, what is our primary goal? Obviously, I don't want to get um, into like what is our goal. What what are we? How do we want to go? But maybe the main the main goal. Um, I want to ask some questions. Lots of questions I have. Thinking about what is our goal. What are we working towards, and for what purpose are we going there? We were going down to Georgia for the purpose of a family gathering, and that was our goal. What are we? What is our purpose here as a church? So we, as Christians, we call ourselves Christians. So we should probably do what Christians do. That would seem like that would be our goal because if we call ourselves Christians, that's who we are. That's kind of our purpose. It seemed like a goal to me to be as to be a Christian, to be a real Christian. Those things, but those things Christians are supposed to do maybe aren't always so simple. Maybe we don't always know exactly what that all looks like. But maybe it is simple. So one way we could tell what our goal is. There's a couple different ways. Um, you could observe the people around you. If I would have observed all the people around me going to f- down this interstate, you know, maybe I would have noticed some leaving the interstate and going off in a different place, but some of them were going with us. I'd be like, oh, so is this where we're supposed to go? Because other people are going this way. If we observe other Christians, you know, that's one way of determining our goal, I guess, or one way we could. Maybe it's not a very sure way. We can look around us like, oh, this person is doing that. Maybe that's okay. Maybe that's what Christians are supposed to do. But is it a very safe way? We could observe what other people are doing. So one way is observ- observatory. <clears throat> um, we could listen to what those people have to say to us. Um, what other Christians have to say. You know, like maybe they say they are Christians, so we can observe them, see what they do. They could also tell us. We could ask questions like, what is a Christian? What are we here for? And they could tell us. And that's good to understand um, other people's views. Um, but if we would go to the mainstream Christianity and ask them what it means to be a Christian, we probably wouldn't get a very uh, in-depth understanding of what it actually means to be a Christian or what, um, what we're actually supposed to do. Or we could see if there's any um, literature or like written word to, that tells us what to do as a Christian. Uh, specifically ones that are, you know, foundational to what these Christians believe. If people say they're a Christian, you know, they probably have some guide book of some kind to go by. 
And there are a lot of good books out there that all that talk and expound and um, explain lots of things, multitudes of books, actually literally tons of books <laughs> you could read and listen to. But they all point to one book, and that is the Bible right here. This is our guidebook, our GPS. So all these other books, I think, are trying to explain, even though they're all good, they're trying to explain one book, and that is the Bible. So our Bible is our guide to know who we are as Christians, who we represent and who we stand for. So it should be pretty simple, just um, understand the Bible, and you got to know, you get to know what our goal is. There are um, Bible scholars. You know, you can go to college and get a degree on in Bible college, in Bible, whatever they call it, Bible studies, or um, you can study the Bible and learn how to study the Bible and understand the Bible, know all about it. Um, is that our goal? We can go to seminars, we can listen to messages, we can go to Bible schools, lots of Bible schools. I think I was counting up my Bible schools and I haven't quite met Levon's um, attendance yet. I mean, I guess I probably won't ever. <laughs> I've been to like 11, I think. I think he's been to more than that. So is that our goal, though? Is that what we're here for, to go to Bible schools? Even though it's good, is that what um, Christians are here for? To go to spiritual things, um, talk about spiritual things, or even to have a deep knowledge of God's word? Is that our is that our goal? Is that our primary goal? To know the Bible. Will that actually get us to our destination if we just know the Bible, if we study it? Or is there more? Is there something deeper than that? Or we could think about, so that's one thing we could go, one place we could go is knowledge. Are we, like, is that our goal? Just knowing more and more and more. Um, Or is heaven our goal? The hope of heaven someday? That's a very precious thing, a very exciting thing. Um, Paul says if we are without hope, we are of all men most miserable. So it seems like, you know, if we don't have the hope of heaven, we're very miserable and it will hardly be worth anything, our life here. But is our hope our goal? We read in Hebrews 4, um, whoever wrote Hebrews was talking about the... um, the Jews, and how they didn't enter into rest because of unbelief. And it says that we need to also need to fear, lest the promise being left us of entering into the rest, any of us should seem to come short of it. Um, then it also says the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. So we need to have faith. So we could have knowledge. We could have, we should have knowledge. That's an important thing. I'm not diminishing that. I'm not trying to. And we should have hope. Hope in our heart that we're going to meet God in heaven someday. 
And we need to have faith. It says without faith it's impossible to please God. And we need to have faith when we read the word. Is faith our goal? Is that the, is that the primary goal? Is that the end goal? Just to have faith in God? That's a very important thing. Jesus says, he has lots and lots of things that he says that we need to do to inherit the kingdom of God or to enter into the kingdom of heaven. We must be born again. He tells us lots of things. <clears throat> he says we must deny ourselves and take up our cross. Is self-denial the goal of what we're here for? Take up our cross? Are those specific things the goal? You can turn with me to Matthew 7. Read some out of there. So that is the end of, toward the end of the Sermon on the Mount, which we're memorizing. Matthew 7, uh, verse 21. Maybe first I will, I will, we, we should look at verse 12 of Matthew 7. This is the golden rule, what we call the golden rule, whatsoever, no, sorry, therefore all things whatsoever ye would that men should do to you, do ye even so to them. For this is the law and the prophets. So could that be our goal, whatever we want men to do to us, we do to them. And verse 14, straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. Sounds like there won't be very many people that make it to that goal. And there weren't very many people that made it to the goal in Georgia. It's just our family. Not everybody. Nobody else actually made it there. <laughs> they were all going with us, with us on the interstate. You know, there's lots of vehicles. Some of them went to Fort Benning, even though that wasn't our goal. We almost went there. We turned around and went to our primary goal, which was, um, I forget what it's actually called, a millionaire place, <laughs> that's what we call it, um, that was our goal, here in verse 14 it says, straight is the gate, and there is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it, doesn't sound like there's going to be very many, very many people that make it to that goal. Um, so let's look at verse 21 now. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Okay, so this looks interesting. Maybe this is our goal. It seems um, like it's basically getting to the, to the bottom of this, to the depth of you know, what our goal is. Not everyone that just says, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of her Father, which is in heaven. So doing God's will. But what is that our goal, just doing God's will? Um, for what purpose are we doing God's will? It says it right here in this verse. Um, basically, to enter into the kingdom of heaven, it seems like. By doing, by obeying God, by doing his will, we will enter into the kingdom of heaven. 
So maybe that is our goal, to enter into the kingdom of heaven. Enter into God's kingdom now. I don't think he's just talking about in the future, like the hope of heaven, but entering into his kingdom now. And he tells us to, if in order to do that, we need to obey him. But he also says that um, we can't, well, okay, so it seems like his standards, God's standards are really high. And we almost, you know, we almost can't live up to them. We seem like we just, no matter how hard we try to do good things, it's still not quite good enough because the standards are very high. And what's more, if you even misstep one time, that puts you out. You no longer, um, you no longer have done his will. And so that's the end of the story. The law, um, so it seems like what he does, what he tells us to do is next to impossible. His commandments are, seem like sometimes unreasonable and impossible. Like, you're supposed to love your enemies. I mean, why would you need to love your enemies? Why can't you just treat them nicely and then go on with life? You know, we're supposed to be good, so we treat them nicely. Why do we actually have to love them? (laughs) And there's lots of other things that we were memorizing. Um, Praying. We have to pray in secret. We need to pray in secret. We need to fast. Um, Maybe this is kind of going on a rabbit trail. Um, We need to fast, not to be seen of men. We all memorize this. Not to be seen of men, but to be seen of our Father, which is in heaven. <clears throat> Father, which is in secret. So it seems like there, his, his laws, his thing is very, his, um, what he requires of us to obey him is very high. We almost can't, we almost can't do it. So how can we even um, start toward the goal if we can't, if the Bible says... We need to obey him, but it almost acts like we can't obey him. Like no good works that we do. Yeah, it spells that out pretty clearly. No good works that we do um, gain God's approval, or we can't do enough good works so that we go to heaven, or so that we can enter into the kingdom of heaven. So... Yeah, like in verse, next verse 22, it says, Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works? So these people seem like they have done lots of good things, or at least they thought they did lots of good things. Prophesied, so like preaching, or any other you know, proclamation, in God's name. And in God's name have cast out devils. If we see someone that has a devil, which I don't think I've ever have, but if you see somebody like that that's possessed with a devil, like it's very, you know, it's very evident, somebody casts them out, we'd be like, whoa, he must be a Christian. It would seem like he has something down. Cast out devils? 
the people say this to God at the last day, it sounds like. Or at least they thought they had cast out devils. I guess I'm not sure if it actually would have or not. And in thy name done many wonderful works, lots of good works. But then look at verse 23. Then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. That's an astonishing realization. Jesus said that he never knew them. He never, he never knew them. Apparently they didn't know him, even though they did things in his name. They'd done so many good things, but yet he never knew them. And he said to depart from him, ye that work iniquity. So I guess this kind of begs the question, if they would have, it's these people that cast out devils and did many wonderful works and prophesied in Jesus' name. If they would have known Jesus and Jesus would have known them, would have that made a little bit of a difference in their life or in the end of their life maybe? Or maybe it would make a huge difference. Maybe it would be like from death to life. If they would have just known God. Maybe this is the goal. Maybe this is the foundational principle of what we're working towards. Foundational principle of Christianity, of who we are as a Christian, is knowing the Lord. Is that what it is? In John 15, Jesus talks about the Christian life and likens it to a um, vineyard. And he says that he's a branch. Nope, he is a vine, and we are his branches. We are the branches. And he says, abide in me, and I in you. For as a branch cannot bear fruit of itself, no more can ye except ye abide in me. So Jesus said if we're, we're supposed to abide in him. So we're thinking about knowing the Lord, knowing Jesus. Because that seems to be very important. There at the end of verse 23, Jesus also says to abide in him. Um, normally, well, I guess we use that word sometimes, abide. Or where do you abide? Abide in your home. You go to the place of your abode, where you live, basically. Um, and if you abide with somebody, if you live with somebody, you know them pretty well. You know what they, how they think. You know, you know when they're in a good mood. You know when they're in a bad mood. <laughs> you can kind of see that. Um, you just know them. You know their personality. You know who they are. You know them pretty well. If you're with them, 24-7, in everyday life. So when Jesus says that we are supposed to abide in him, abide with him, abide in him, it seemed like we would know him very, very closely. We would know how he thinks. We would know his heart in all the different matters of life. We would, we would just, just know him. We would know the Lord if we abide in him. So is that our goal, to abide in God, in Christ? So if Jesus was standing here, and, or he would be with us today, and we'd have fellowship meal, and we'd be like, so what is the biggest thing in the biggest, um, 
the biggest thing, yeah, in Christian life? Or what is the main thing? What are we living for? What's, what's our purpose? What would he tell us? I think he would, that would be kind of interesting. What's the biggest thing in Christian life? What would he say? Well, there's someone who asked him that pretty much, or very, a very closely related question. Um, it was probably from hearing Jesus talk about the kingdom of heaven or eternal life. And he asked him, I think it was a, a Pharisee, came to him by night and asked him, what must I do to be saved or to know to inherit eternal life? I'm not sure which way it says that. What's, I guess in my own words, what's the biggest thing in the Christian life? Or what, what should I do to be saved? Jesus turned him to the law and asked him, I guess you could turn with me if you want to. Uh, it's in Luke 10. Uh, 25 is the beginning of it. Yeah, a certain lawyer, maybe it wasn't, I'm not sure if that was considered a Pharisee, but a lawyer, a studier of the law of the Lord. Good master, well, it just says here, Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And he said unto him, What is written in the law? How readest thou? And the lawyer answered, said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy strength, with all thy mind and the neighbor as thyself. So Jesus pointed him back to the law after he asked the question of what he should do to inherit eternal life. So what does the law say? Well, the law says to love the Lord your God with all of your being, with your whole self, and to love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus said, that's right. That's what you need to do to enter into life, eternal life. But he, willing to justify himself, said unto Jesus, And who is my neighbor? And then Jesus went on to the um, parable of uh, the Good Samaritan to explain who our neighbor is. So if we consider this, um, we're supposed to abide in Christ, says in John 15. Abide in him. We are to love him. It's all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And to love our neighbor as ourself. So maybe this is a goal. Is this what we're here for? Is this the purpose of a Christian life? So, it's pretty much impossible to love somebody that you don't know anything about. Like, there's people over in India... I don't know their name. I don't know anything other than <clears throat> there are people there. How am I supposed to love them? I guess if I wouldn't even know people were there, I couldn't love them for sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, you can't hardly love someone that you don't know anything about. I think that's, that's pretty much understandable. You can't love somebody that you don't know. You don't know anything about them. Uh, so, Jesus is saying that we need to love him. So, that requires us to know him, to understand him. 
and that's very important. So what is our goal? Is it to love the Lord? It seems like he's saying that right here. To love the Lord, to know Jesus. As it said back there in Matthew, um, the people that did not know him ended up not going where they wanted to. So in 1 Corinthians 13, actually, I had it in my notes, Andrew. <laughs> um, it talks about three main things. There is, we didn't quite get there, but um, there's faith, and there's hope, and there's love. And what does it say the greatest of these, all these things is? It says the greatest of these is love. That's the greatest of those. Faith will vanish away when we get to heaven. Doesn't require faith anymore. We'll be there with the Lord. Hope, or is that hope that will vanish away? Um, faith is no more faith when it, you know, when we're experiencing what faith is about or what we're believing. And when we're experiencing that, it doesn't. It's not faith anymore. Hope will vanish away, but love will still be there. Love is the greatest of those three. So, what is love? 1 Corinthians 13 explains that. takes the whole chapter talking about love and what it looks like. So we're thinking about our goal and what it is. What is our goal here? Returning to that goal. That's like an action. You return to the goal. So if we consider love as our goal... Love is what? Love is um, a relational thing. You, if we talked about we have to know somebody pretty much. We have to know of them, at least to, to love them. So it's a relational thing. Love is a relational thing. So relationships, could that be our goal? Could that be our primary goal, relationships? Should we place relationships above all else? Is that the biggest thing in the Christian life, is relationships? Is that what it is? Maybe. Um, I would love it if y'all would. Um, we could discuss this <laughs> at Fellowship Meal. Because it's something I've been thinking about a lot. And is this, what actually is our goal? Is relationships our primary goal? So not just relationships with each other, but relationships with the Lord. It says that if we know him, that will make a huge difference in the outcome, in our outcome. It seems like that's the main thing, is love. It's a relationship. So we remember um, that the spirit with which we do, do things, we do anything, is more important than the actual thing that we do. At least that's um, what I got from... Dale, and I believe that we would agree with that. The, thing, the spirit with which we do something is more important than the thing that we do. Obviously, if we, have the, if we have a good spirit, we won't do bad things. We can, you know, the, it's kind of interesting that um, we hear a lot of the heart is what matters. The heart is what matters, and we're afraid of that because of what people do after they say that. They say that nothing else matters. The heart is what matters. I think that's actually really true, but 
to say that nothing else matters is not true. <laughs> so the heart, I think, is what... So I guess what I'm referring to as the heart that matters is the spirit in which we do things. That's our heart. That's the, um, what's more important than the actual thing that we do. Can we say that the spirit with which we live from day to day, the spirit in which we live is more important than actually how we live? Is that truth? <laughs> maybe, you should, maybe you should correct me. Maybe we can discuss this. So I'm not, definitely I'm not suggesting that the way we live isn't important. I, I said that already. But maybe I'm um, contemplating the order in which we place importance. So like is love, is the spirit in which we do things more important than the things that we actually do? Is the spirit in which we live more important than the things we actually, than how we live? So if it is, well, I guess um, going back to our discussions when Dale and Mark were around, should we be more concerned about the subjective than the objective? Is a relationship a subjective thing? Sorry, there are just lots of questions. <laughs> Hopefully you don't get bored. Is, so is a relationship a subjective thing? Is it, um, is it something that you can actually just see a point to? This is... Um, well, okay, I'm probably getting myself into a bind because I'm not sure how to explain what I'm thinking. Um, maybe I'll just leave it at that. Is the relationship a subjective thing? Is truth objective? Is correct doctrine objective? So, like, we read it in the Bible. This is what it says. So this is what we need to do. Is that objective? It seems like it's objective. Like, this is truth. This is what it is. The spirit with which we do things is subjective, I believe. And are our words objective? Like what our tongue actually forms into words, that's objective. Like you can say the truth, this person said this and this and this, that's objective. The spirit with which they say those words is subjective though. It's not always easily, it's not always easily discerned. We can't just say this is exactly how it is. So if this is true, then do we say that relationships are more important than those objectives? So is relationships, should we place relationships before importance, before truth, before correct doctrine? Should we say that relationships are the most important thing in the Christian life? God said to obey him is of utmost importance. And the first thing on God's list is a relationship with him. That's the first thing to obey him in is to have a relationship to love him. So if that's true, if relationships are the most important thing, what are we doing? What am I doing to build those relationships? What can I do? What should I be doing? What intentional things should we do to build relationships? We should, I think we should be thinking about that. If that's our goal, if that's our main thing, we need to consider what our goal is so we don't swerve from that. If relationships are our main thing, if relationships are our goal, we need to keep that in mind. We need to be intentional about building relationships. 
First of all, with our Heavenly Father, and that takes time. It isn't just a speedy devotional time, half hour every morning, reading and praying for 15 minutes each and maybe almost falling asleep when you pray. (laughs) That's a challenge. So we need that relationship with our Heavenly Father and also with each other. So I just thought about it today. Why, why do we have fellowship meals? Why are we having a fellowship meal today? Is it to build relationships? Do we think about our goal while we fellowship around a meal? If relationships are our goal, shouldn't we ponder how we will build relationships during something like this? Or in all of our life, how can I build relationships? Relationships are important. How do I build this relationship with our brother and with, our, with the Lord? So if we return... return returning to our goal like we had to return to our goal to Georgia because we just kept on going the interstate and all of a sudden we ended up where we didn't want to end up. That was not our goal. We had to turn around, return. We need to take action and return to our goal of relationships if that's the most important thing. Maybe somewhere without realizing Without knowing what was happening, maybe we ended up, the road just kind of took us to the wrong place where we got our eyes off the goal of relationships and we need to return to that, the goal of relationships. So yeah, that's just lots of questions I've been pondering. Um, I love some discussion on that. Is relationships our primary goal? something I've been thinking about and I just yeah sorry this isn't like a nice um, smooth opening maybe that draws our attention to all of God's attributes and who he is but maybe it is I don't know God is love it says that's one of his attributes God is a relational God he wants a relationship with us and I want all of us to have that deep personal relationship with God and I'm saying that to myself too because It's so easy to just go about life and see these physical things and go to work and do everything that we need to do without thinking about our primary goal of having a relationship with Jesus and our our goal of relationships with each other, loving each other, loving our neighbor as ourselves. God wants to call us his own. And he wants us to call him his own. He's a very relational God. So I do want to place relationships above. I want to place them very highly. I guess I'll say it that way. Um, it be interesting, again, to discuss that. Um, and sometimes, you know, we make mistakes and there are things that um, maybe I do that don't encourage relationships and that discourage relationships even you know things I say verbal or nonverbal um, attitudes that I feel that maybe you feel from me and maybe I don't see those things and I really want I really need you brothers to help me to be relational if that's our primary goal So God bless you with all that.